yeah, watch, check it, check it, gonna freestyle off the dome, yeah, yeah, <clears throat> oh, who lives in a pineapple under the sea, sponge, bob, square, pants, absorbent in yellow and porous as heat, sponge, bob, square, pants, if not, I could not just be something you wish, sponge, bob, square, pants, then drop on the deck and flop like a fish, sponge, bob, square, pants, boom, hell yeah, I was just... <clears throat> I was just feeling that, man. That was just like off the dome. That was just natural. That just came to me, you know? It's good stuff. But what's up, folks? Welcome back to the Millennial Man Child Podcast. And as always, I'm your illustrious host. I don't even think that's how you say that fucking word. I'm your fucking wonderful host, Miles Casey. How are you doing, you beautiful bastards? I hope you're doing well. I hope, you know, life is treating you okay. It's been okay for me, you know? It's been alright, I have to admit. Even though... I mean, I mentioned it last time. I had the roast on Friday, and San Diego's funniest competition. Jesus Christ, am I retarded today? I'm not supposed to say that word. I'm a, am I mentally deficient today? I don't know. I uh, can't talk, but I didn't win either. I didn't win the roast. Didn't get a single vote in the roast. Although, I did have a few hitters in the audience. Uh, when somebody was voting against me, they were talking shit, and somebody started booing the judge. Which was fucking hilarious. Because last time I got booed. But a judge was player hating on the kid. And he got booed. And I, I like that. I like that a lot. <laughs> but uh, didn't win that. And also didn't win the San Diego's Funniest Person competition. Which is fine. You know, I wasn't expecting to win. It's like my first real year doing comedy. It was great experience. Uh... It was really good to practice for it and get back into that practice mode. Like, I hadn't practiced like that for a while. And just, like, holding the mic at home, getting used to that. That was one of my problems with the roast. People couldn't hear me, apparently. So I really made sure to hold the mic up there. And I tried to be confident. Even if I wasn't always being funny, I tried to at least stay in the pocket and, like, looking like I knew what the fuck I was doing. So it was a good experience. It was a, it was a win, no matter what. Plus, like, I was supposed to be working at Barbecue House last night. No offense, but any night doing comedy, even if it's going bad, is probably better than making french fries and wings. You know what I'm saying? So, it was a win. It was a good night. And, yeah, it was fun. Thank you to Tyler and Abby for showing up and supporting me. That was awesome. Had a couple people there. That was that was great. Good stuff. But, yeah, uh, you know, there's always next one. There's not, it's not like that's the last fucking competition there ever will be. And I'm going to be getting more involved, so that's fun. Uh, yeah, but I'll keep it fairly short today. I did want to talk about one thing before I get into today's episode and today's guest. Have you seen those videos on the internet going around right now where families are making these like younger kids think they're invisible or they disappeared or some shit? They're pretending to like put them under a blanket or do some shit and, and they're like, oh, you can't see them. And then they sit them down on a couch and they already have a photo with, like, the sibling, like, have their arm around them, and it looks like they're not there. You know what I'm talking about? I think that's what we need to do to Donald Trump, right? Just, how funny would that be? If he thought he was invisible, if he thought no one could see him, oh, man, he would lose his shit. He wouldn't know what to do with his life. He'd be so, he'd probably kill himself. He'd be so sad. He'd be so sad. And apparently his fucking lawyer's in jail, so... Maybe we won't be seeing much of Donald <laughs> in too much longer. Who knows? I'm just waiting for the pardon to come down. His lawyer like goes to jail. He's like, oh, by the way, here's a little, 
You guys thought he was going to jail? Nah, man. Here's the pardon, bro. Gang, gang. Donald Trump's a gangster. He don't give a fuck. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, but I just think that'd be funny. Do that shit to Donald, make him feel like he's invisible. Everybody ignore his tweets. Everybody just pretend like, dude, you see Donald, man? I thought I, fuck, damn, I thought I heard his voice, but I don't see that fool. He'd lose his shit. The temper tantrums he'd throw would be legendary. Be like a fucking meth head toddler, basically. <laughs> That's what Donald would remind me of. But yeah, uh, today was a fun one. I got a very special guest on today. Miles Maglianis. I probably messed that up. My apologies. I'm horrible at pronouncing even just the most basic words. So, uh, <laughs> But he is... It was a great conversation. We had a great time. It's fun. We talked about you know working in an office. Both of our like passion for comedy. Just kind of got to know each other a little better, too. And it was a fun chat. I thought it was funny. I was He had me laughing the whole time. And this is one of my favorite ones to date. So I hope you really check it out. Also, he has a show. Wednesday, the 26th of September at Whistle Stop Bar. The Riff City Comedy uh, is what it's called. Him and his buddy Daniel put it on. It sounds, it's always a great show. They always, it sounds, and it sounds like this month, they have a very special headliner. He couldn't tell me who it was. He's contract, contractually, see, like I said, the most basic words. I can't fucking say. I'm an imbecile. But he is contractually obligated to not tell anybody. Cannot tell a single person until they show up and see who it is. So that's kind of like that little mystery of it and in, in all makes it almost even more intriguing to me. Because I know they've had some good talent, some like great talent in the past, honestly. And to have somebody that has that kind of thing going on seems like extra special. So uh, check that out if you get a chance. He ta- we talk about it a little bit at the end as well, which is really cool. Uh, about producing and getting into that stuff, which is uh, something I might be interested in eventually someday. But yeah, it was a fun chat. Check it out. You don't want to miss this one. Seriously, it was a good time. And I thank him for stopping by. And I thank you all for listening. Have a blessed day. <laughs> Fans at home. Hey, for the fans at home. How are you guys doing? We over got there? video this time. 
This is like a lot of. I'll be honest with you. This camera and this this does remind me of like some sort of Pornhub type. Thing <laughs> it is the way that the camera just kind of subtly plays. It's like, no, just act natural. Just act natural. I'm not Don't filming. Mind it. Ignore. It's not on. I'm just. I just have it. And it's also low budget, like most pornos. So that's. It's really right on par. I mean. Do you watch a lot of that type of porn, the real, the real porn, quote unquote? Like the re, like the amateur type stuff where it's like, just where it's re- like some guy people. like, come on, let's just have sex. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Where he's like <laughs> trying to convince the girl, it's like okay, a little more, like you know. It's like the most real, unreal thing I've ever seen because uh-huh. it's like, I wouldn't, I've never been in a situation in my life where I'm just like, hey, you want to just like fuck in my van? And the lady's like, a hot woman's like, yeah, of course yeah. I do. Of course but I do. But it's like the most. It's like re- it just it bothers me. Man. I know what you mean. It's very weird how they go about it. Like the, they just are like they pull up in the creepiest van. Yeah, like it's the, just like they come out. You're like, gonna get raped in this van, or, or something's going down. Something sexual will happen. Something, in this van something there. very sexual is gonna happen now that I'm talking to you and this van's here. It's like it's game over. <laughs> this van smells like my uncle. Can I get out of here, please? Can I get out of here? I'm a little worried about that. Right That's now. what. Yeah, I, I I can't watch porn anymore, dude. I just it's like uh. It's, has it ruined you? I yeah. Need to, I need to watch less porn, for sure. I think you'll feel good after you stop watching it. I mean, you'll feel very angry all the time, and your body will feel calm constantly. <laughs> Other than that, you'll feel great. Those Other two than things. That, you feel focus, that, laser focused. Feel... <laughs> You're going to be in the zone, ready to go. The rage that'll be seething through you at all times will keep you up at night. You'll get so much more done <laughs> with that cum rage. That's all. That's a real thing, dude. People have fucking yeah, cum rage. You can I just tell it's right. like, dude. You've... I mean, sometimes it shows up in the uh, worst type of ways, unfortunately. But... There's so many people where it's like, God, dude, if they just fucking let some of that go, they would not be racist. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you nailed it right there. Are oh. we recording? Yes, I, we're live. I, I, I should. I should just uh, introduce you real quick. And I'm gonna butcher your last name. That's okay. Yeah. Miles Maglianus. Maglianus. Ma- Maglianus. Maglianus. Whatever Maglianus. you want to say. Yeah, it's. Uh, I can't say it myself. But so. it's the you know the other Miles. Uh, actually, it's probably the Miles. I think I'm actually the other Miles in the comedy scene at this point. People don't really know my name, so. But uh, <laughs> welcome, glad to have you here. Thank you for coming by and glad you know making here, it, man. man. Come to the man child lair, checking out the pod and all that stuff. You know Joe Rogan's bathroom and whatnot. You That's, know this is exactly what I said. Joe Rogan's bathroom minus the Chiefs poster. I do not think that he would have that. Yeah, I don't think he. For the fans at home, there's a Chiefs poster in here. <laughs> He yeah, I don't think he fucks with that. That's uh, that's a uh, Patreon. That's Patreon level. He'll give you the Chiefs poster for a Patreon subscription. <laughs> yes, please. If you give me like just any, maybe even just a like on the podcast. Give him a like. Want. He'll give you the poster. Like a <laughs> it's yours. Trade. It's yours at this point. It was a gift. I'm just desperate for attention and affection. <laughs> just love me, anybody, somebody. No. <laughs> but yeah, uh, you know, it was fun. We just got done with the old Winston's mic, which is always uh interesting you had some crazy drunk ladies just like yelling during the beginning of your set which was kind of funny they it's always, it's always the worst it's like they feel like oh this is my moment here we go i'm part of the show look at me i don't have to take a risk and be on stage but i'm gonna be annoying like it's so funny like hecklers getting riled up like that some people think that that's what comedy is is they oh. they they're in their mind they go to a comedy show to heckle because i've talked to people and they're like yeah i it, it's my favorite thing to do i go up there and i yell so i've talked to people who say that that's really? why I stopped telling people I do comedy because it's just like I want to fucking kill this person. <laughs> Comedians would be happy. Yeah. I t- talked to a guy and he, I was like, "What kind of comedy? Sh- what comedy do you see?" He's like, "I don't know. I just go there and I yell stuff and they love it." That's what he told they me. They love like, it. That's what he said. It's like I don't think you. 
How delusional do you have to be? People are very socially unaware, I think. It's just very... I In mean, general, yeah. I get a lot of hecklers. People say that I get probably consistently uh, the most hecklers on the show. If it's a show and there's a heckler, they're going to talk to me every time. Really? Yeah, because, Is there? you think there's a specific reason for that? Uh, I'm high energy. It mm-hmm. seems like I'm not really doing material a lot of times. So it seems like I'm just talking. It seems like a day's... Like, you're kind of just like... Eh, like, I'm just know, saying what things. What do you think? Yeah, because yeah. yeah, I think that... It almost, Very conversational in a way. Yeah, because my comedy style is like I try to uh, to make it seem like I'm just a crazy person. <laughs> yeah, but it's, yeah. It's all written ahead of time. Yeah. And so they always feel the need, like, and they just like, like you were saying, like they just sometimes it's like, oh, I just want to. Oh, be he's up talking there. to me. I want to be. We're, up we're there, in a conversation together. Yeah. yeah. I try. I, it's like it's always like funny to me because it's like in any movie about any fucking any anybody in the arts, it never starts off with them being a heckler. You know, it never starts off. There's never any movie about a famous <laughs> comedian who started off as a heckler. Hey, get off stage, you suck. And they're like, you want a headline? And then they become like, that never happens. No. Where do they get this idea from? That's what I don't get. Because it's like, like we were talking about porn earlier. Like you can kind of see how a guy can be rude to a woman because he watches a lot of porn. He's like, oh, this is how you talk to women. This is how you get laid. Yeah, yeah. Right? But there's no example in the world <laughs> where there's a guy who's like, hey, man, Suck my dick in a crowd, and they're like, and go, the crowd goes, well, ah, the crowd's like, get ah, up here, you're better than this guy. <laughs> yeah. That never happens. No, never. It's so I, I don't understand where it comes from, but I, I kind of, I mean, I'm kind of used to hecklers at this point. Interesting. Those ladies were very annoying. Yeah. I'm they, glad they didn't yell during my set. I, I think it was because they didn't. They had like just walked in. They're feeling fucking like, ooh. That's kind of why I let it go because when they're walking in like that, a lot of times it's yeah. like. Okay, they're just adjusting to the room. They didn't know comedy was happening. Yeah. If they were sitting down, then it's a different story. But I could see them walking in because I was like, okay, all right. I just kind of, I didn't give them a reaction. I said, okay, because that's what that I. That was smart. That's my way of being like, this is not, this is not even important mm. because it's kind of like a delicate balance. I've noticed if a heckler is coming at you and you have an angle where you can get the crowd on your side, yeah, then yeah. you smash them. Yes. But I wouldn't have the crowd on my side in that situation. That's true. Because I just got them. there. Yeah. And they were. Yeah. So I look at them and I see, you know, four. and you had just started too. Exactly. So mm. it's like it's kind of I, 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 what when I do that, I immediately my first reaction with a heckler is always downplay. All right, cool. Because sometimes people don't know. Yeah, yeah. You can tell when someone's like an aggressive heckler that needs to be shut down. But in that, if they kept going, then I'm gonna be mean. Gotcha. But at first, it's like they just kind of you just kind of put them down. Like, okay, all right, okay, yeah. this is not what this is for. Mm-hmm. And then if they don't get the reaction, they're like, oh, this wasn't even worth talking. Because nobody's laughing, and I'm not giving them anything, so they just kind of are quiet. Exactly. That's exactly what happened. You nailed it. Because so, like, she yeah. yelled out the woos, and you're like, eh, anybody wooing right now is a little off base, or whatever it may be. You just kind of subtly say, this isn't the place. Yes. And then that's kind of a my, my test. Testing the waters. And then if they come back, then I strike. Gotcha. Physically. I love that. <laughs> Physically. No. <laughs> Fucking karate kick, kick him right in Yeah, there's tons of videos of me fighting women from the stage, <laughs> and it's like, I'm wondering why I'm not bigger. You know, I'm, comedy. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I'm on YouTube all the time. Hateful man fights woman. Hateful <laughs> like, man. They don't want to book me for some Fucking reason. Karate chops woman in the head. <laughs> I mean, so how long have you been doing comedy? You got a heckler yet? So I have had a few. Uh... One time, it was this like crazy homeless person, and I handled it decent because was it was, Ezra? It wasn't Ezra. It wasn't Ezra, but it was this guy who comes in and he was like just talking like through the whole show, uh-huh. uh, and he looked like a crazy person. I was like, dude, Charles Manson, will you please shut the fuck up? Everybody up here is trying to perform their yeah. comedy, and it just like the crowd, everybody laughed, and uh-huh. he just kind of like shut down after that a little bit. It was like yeah. this, you know, some shit like that. I just called him like because he just looked like a fucking insane person. Yeah. 
who was just like walking on the street and was like, oh, there's an open mic here. Yeah. This is where I belong. You know what I mean? Like that happens a lot at open mic. I feel like yeah, with <laughs> a homeless person, Beach. it's kind of like it's kind of a wash. You may just take a loss on that one because they're yeah. so great. A lot of times, because I remember I used to host an open mic downtown. Okay. And this homeless guy came up with this huge jacket and uh, he's like, "Can I go on stage and perform?" And I'm like, "Yeah, of course, man. Just sign up." Mm-hmm. And he signs up and I bring him up, normal sounding name, and then he uh, takes out all these medications. And he starts putting them on the table very slowly, and people are just kind of staring. And then he grabs a mic, and he just starts screaming. Literally, it's like, ah, oh like just nonstop for like 30, 45 seconds. And then he just picks up all the medications, like, thank you, and he, and he left. Wow. <laughs> and well, I've been hey, a fan ever need, since. Yeah, yeah I, I, I loved his, yeah, it was just like, I mean, it's just a crazy, like, I, I, I totally, if it's a homeless <laughs> person, it's like, since. if it's a homeless person, I don't really know how. It's like sometimes yeah. they're so crazy that you can't really say anything. Mm-hmm. How can you humiliate? Not to sound that sounds bad. But. No, I know what you mean, but how can you combat or put somebody in their place when not only do they have no place, but yeah, they just like there's no expectations from them. They just don't care. The they hardest don't... part about trying to ruin a homeless guy's life is you have to build his life up first and then ruin it again. You know, <laughs> yeah, like. Yeah. It's like, hey, man, I'm going to get you into a home. I'm going to get you a job, and then I'm going to fucking shit on you really bad. And now I'm going to let you know. But now it's like, you're. what can I say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're already there. You're, you know, at the bottom rung, if you will. So I think like, that's why, yeah, they're so rude, homeless yeah. people. Well, that's not true. Some of them that come into Starbucks are pretty sweethearts, actually. But I do hate specifically when a homeless person comes in and starts bossing me around like I'm a fucking, yeah. their fucking little worker bee or some shit. Like, yeah. what the fuck? Like... And I'm a nice guy. I'm a pretty nice guy, so I don't ever do anything or say anything back. But I, you know, and I'm at work. But yeah. it's just like, what the fuck? Like the nerve of this motherfucker to come in here and aggressively give me the bathroom code right now. Yeah. Like, dude, I'm helping somebody. Can you not see I'm fucking talking to Ocean a cut? Beach an has actual very aggressive ones. Yeah, they, they have some aggressive ones. They all know me now, though. Like they're all like, dude, they, it's weird, man. I'm like, in a weird way, I had a homeless guy tell me that I was one of his best friends. Well, that's nice. Yeah, it was sweet. I mean, at least you're making a difference. You know, he, it was very sweet of him to say that, and I appreciate the uh, gesture, but, you know, it's like, man, that's a tough life, bro. If I'm one of your best friends and our only actual interaction is like, here's the bathroom code, here's the water, I and think I gave his, him a sandwich yeah. once. I like, think his <laughs> first best friend is probably like a parrot or a dog or something, to be honest or, or with you. Or maybe like an animal. A, bo- a bottom of a bottle or... A bottom of a bottle. <laughs> a needle, um, whatever, you know, pick your poison. An electric electrical box, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. I've, I I worked on ambulance for a long time, and so it's pretty much only homeless people, and they're, they were very demanding in my experience. You were a paramedic for a while or something yeah, like that? Yeah, right? yeah. Or EMT? Yeah, that's what I used to do. Yeah, that's that's what what I used to do. yeah, okay. yeah. So, uh, I, yeah, I dealt with a lot of homeless people that were very demanding. Yeah, yeah. And so I... I, I I mean, it's now wild, it's like dude. being a civilian, it's different because you realize that they don't know who you are and they don't want anything from you. Mm-hmm. I mean, money, obviously, but it's not like they want drugs from you, which gets very yeah. ugly because yeah. they would ask for that a lot. They'd be like, really? Oh, let me get morphine yeah, or whatever they, want they can. morphine, mm-hmm. yeah. So that would, that would be the big thing. And if you say no, then it's going to be a lot then of Then it gets ugly because yeah, they cause got like an itch. They got a need. Yeah, because like, they're, they're coming off heroin whatever, a lot of yeah. times. I think this is a good start for a comedy yeah, podcast. Yeah, this is, really. we're killing it right now. We're on pace. We're really keeping levity here. You have a lot of listeners who are withdrawing from heroin on the streets. Because I think this would really hit home with them. Yeah. Do homeless people listen to podcasts? That's all I want to know. I, I, I want to have a homeless person on the podcast eventually, kind of, but I don't want them 
to be in my home. I yeah, I think that you can do it. Would, home. Yeah, that'll that'll be a live one. Yeah, that'll be a live street, one yeah. out on the. We'll call it the street cast. I don't think. Well, I mean, I feel like if homeless people knew what podcasts were, they would do nothing but podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I worry about. If you get podcasting into the homeless community, you know how many podcasts will appear. Do you think there's a lot now? Yeah. Imagine if they could have the technology. Yes. Every yes, homeless yes. guy. Oh fuck. And That's... some of them would be really interesting. Oh yeah, they have way more stories than I do. They have way more. I met this guy who called himself Doctor Kush. That's how he refers to himself as Doctor Kush. Well, another he homeless went to dude named Turkey. School. He did yeah. his time. Okay, <laughs> you can call him what you he call him. He is a doctor. PhD. You're right. You're okay. right. He he actually did remind me of the, the the lady who gave me my medical card. Like they're pretty much the same person. I feel like probably. Oh, you have a medical card? I got it online like a year ago Sweet. before uh, it was legalized or whatever. I had a buddy who was out visiting and he wanted to go to a dispensary to get some weed. Okay. And he's like, "I'll buy. I'll get your. I'll. I'll. I'll you do it and I'll get it. I'll pay okay. for it." So I was like, "Fuck it, I'll do it." Did yeah. it online. Took. Less than 15 minutes to get a medical card. Skype yeah. interview, bro. And this lady was, like, telling me stuff. It was just like, I was like, what are you? You actually, be, like, I couldn't tell if she actually believed, like, what she was saying to me. Or if she, like, I was like, you know, like, I was like, I told her I had back pain and trouble sleeping. That's They're so not vague. Listening. They're not yeah. even, They don't care at all. No, because I, I did the same thing. And that's what I was wondering. If like, <laughs> your experience was with a doctor, it's like. Dear God, I hope, I hope it's not your job to save anybody's life. Yes, please no. I don't, he would just, yeah, he's like, uh. They did the whole interview, and then he gave me paperwork. I look at it, I'm like, I'm not a 65-year-old woman. This is somebody else's paperwork. <laughs> He's like, my bad. My bad, man. Whoops, got like, things mixed up a little bit. I was, like, buying weed for a long time with that card. It wasn't, like, immediate. Like, I, I, I didn't even realize. I looked down one day. I'm like, this isn't my card. <laughs> this isn't my name. That's fucking funny. You're and just then, going through the motions like, here you yeah, go. Yeah, a friend of mine was like, because I, I was trying to buy it from somebody, and then he's like, that's who, who, whose card is that? I was like, oh, it's mine. And then he's like, that's not your name. You're not. And I realized the whole time when I go back, and he's like, whoops. You're not eligible, Like, he just bro. didn't like, even care. Like, he didn't even, it didn't even occur to him that could be a bad thing. Uh, Such like a That could get you violation. in trouble. Yeah, or whatever it may be. That's, a, like, a big legal thing. That's oh, a because HIPAA then violation. you know that she's, or whoever it may be, is, yeah, yeah you, on medical marijuana. That's medical con- information is, confidentiality That's, like, shit. you could, that's, like, getting disbarred. That's a wow. big deal. Yeah. That's a huge deal. And he couldn't, you know. Because he can care less. Yeah, he's just like, all right, man, I'll go to sell marijuana illegally. I guess. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I, my, I have a doctorate. I can yeah, do it. I can, you know, I, I can do what I want. I am a PhD. You so know, yeah, you're deal. a big pot guy. I see by everything in your room and your eyes and your yeah, shirt. you know, and, I, uh, I dabble hair. from time to time. Man, I'm a, I've I've actually not smoked any weed today. That's impressive. Because well, what's this thing? This is actually so I bought this today because I I'm a fucking fiend. I like to smoke. Yeah, it's like a oral fixation or it's a calming thing or whatever it may be but i'm trying to smoke less weed because i don't have a very healthy relationship with weed i smoke too much who does and if i have it around i'm like you know what i'm just getting a little high you know i'm just gonna smoke it i can't be like you know what not today yeah if it's there and i see it and i look at it i'm gonna smoke it so i bought this like little tobacco fruity vape pen today to just like curb the the urge to be like i need so fuck i need to smoke. like and you know you're not the weed's not addictive bro yeah it's not addictive but well it is it, there is uh, i have habits and that means something's happening here you can be you can get addicted to anything i mean you know mm-hmm. like it's it, i definitely i definitely because i i mean i i never smoke before i do comedy i only smoke after i do comedy because i need to do that now i feel like i do a better me. job yeah, you're I'm more, more clear headed. Yeah, yeah. I think that it's good for writing and kind of relaxing, but 
if it's time to fucking write some to, to fucking go up on stage then you want to be sober yep and be fresh and that's that's what helps that's what helps me because i've been on stage when i would smoke because i mean before I, I couldn't do i couldn't do it but now i'm a civilian so it's like i can uh i can do whatever i want yeah you know because i work in an office nice i don't know they don't know what office they probably it's vague do. it's vague they're doing it but they'll figure it out <laughs> i don't care i mean it's legal so i don't know yeah who cares but it's like yeah i it, i i don't know what i would do without it and it's, i definitely am addicted to it because I, I have to do it every night or else i can't sleep really yeah but I that's mean, like medicine in that sense if you use it at night to go to sleep yeah i use it at night to go to sleep and uh and to write and see my thing is it's like oh oh i just stepped out of bed what should i do what should i do you know what yeah i think i'm gonna take a bong hit i'm a little that. busy yeah. you know fucking, yeah. my and whole day will be shot and sometimes i have a good day still you know but it's probably like 25 percent of the time compared yeah. to you know maybe 50 to 75 yeah. percent of the That's time right day. and it's like i'm setting myself up for failure if i start the day off getting high like that yeah dude it's so tough not to too because i because i like i think especially like uh for me like i have just constant running anxiety that i can't really control and so it's mm. my name i want to get high but it really does not help my comedy and that's what i'm doing it all for so it's like i have to just just bear with it Man. so i can be a comic i love i, I love the dedication that you were able to have the self-awareness to see it's it it's not though. worth it trust it's me. not worth it when people are like people are like wow you're so dedicated it's like yeah but i'm not really anywhere yeah. Any, anything i get in comedy it's like this doesn't matter how i was gonna ask so how long have you uh, a few we'll step back for a second so were you born and raised here in san diego no i was born in los angeles and then my dad moved down here for work okay so, so you've been in Southern California. Yeah, and most I went to life. college in Northern California, Sacramento State. Okay. Shout out Sacramento State. You guys hate me? Okay, cool. Sac Goodbye. City, baby. I'm not. I'm not paying anything, so don't worry about it. <laughs> um, yeah. So I moved up there, and then uh, yeah, I, I came back down here, and uh, I got a job working on an ambulance because I wanted to be a firefighter, and then. Um, How'd you get into comedy? When did that become like, oh, you know what? Maybe I'll dabble here. Have you always been interested in it? Or I always, always wanted to do comedy my entire life. All I cared about was comedy. I love but, that same. My favorite yeah. people are always comedians. You always knew that you yeah, wanted to do like it. That's, yeah. You know, I never thought it was a possibility growing up in Kansas. But then, yeah. like, I moved out here and I was like, fuck, there's, there's open people, mics. There's, yeah. like, chances. There's a scene. Like, oh, You I see can... famous people in, in yeah, California. Yeah. You see famous comics all the time, dude. Exactly. Like, I actually on the saw. Weekend. My first show I ever saw was in Vegas, Daniel Tosh, like my senior year of uh, college. Yeah. And that was like my first time I ever saw live comedy. Yeah, it's amazing. And I was like, oh my God, this is what it's like? Yeah. And then I come out here and I start to see more acts because there's the ACC, there's the La Jolla, you know, there's everything, you know, there's actual chance to see comedy. And then you go to, you finally build up the courage to go to an open mic and you go, oh. Yeah, it's a big. Oh, I can do this. Anybody can do this. But you. Not do comedy, but. An open mic, you know, take the chance, the first step, if you will. Yeah, but there is this level of like love for comedy that mm. you can kind of sense in other people a lot of times, you know. Because mm-hmm. I, I always wanted to be a comic, but I, people, it sounds weird, but I didn't have the courage to do it. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. And I, because I, I, same thing, I went, I remember seeing live comedy for the first time. Mm-hmm. I should, no, you're good, you're good. Um, I was in the fire academy. I, I worked for so years. You were doing it. You were like in the. I was work. in the fire academy. And my brother was like, hey, you want to go see Bill Burr? It's 20 bucks. We'll go see him at the Ice House front row. And uh, I was like, yeah, let's go. Because I always listen to his podcast. Yes. And I saw him. And I'm getting, like, chills thinking about it. Because 
That was I was one of those in the moments. middle. I worked years to be in a fire academy. That's a really big deal. And I was about to pass. And I remember being like, I just got chills. I remember in my head, somewhere deep inside who I was, I was like, I'm a comic. I just want to be a comic. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know the script, but I was like, I have to do this. Because I remember seeing Burr, and I'll never forget just the way that he was, just the control and everything. I was like, this is the fe- I've n- I've never felt like happy in this way mm-hmm. until I saw live comedy. Wow! And so then I graduated the fire academy, and then um, a couple of weeks later, I was on a call in the ambulance, and uh, we got into an accident, and so I like hurt my back. Damn! And then I was like, <clears throat> I was like, this could be a good way to get out of this. And yeah, so I just started. Yeah. I was like, I was like, hey, you know what? My back hurts, and I was going to open mics all the time. And I keep using medical, but like medical, I can't do it. I'm on, I'm on medical uh, leave. And My then eventually still they. And then I, and then after a while, I just I just quit. I was like, you oh, know okay. what? I'm not interested in this. I took a bunch of shitty jobs, mm-hmm. and I would just That's go to I'm every right open now. mic. Yeah, I would just go to every open mic. And I mean, now I have like a decent job. Uh, I guess it's I work in an office. It's really boring, oh, but man, I struggle. It's like stability, I guess. Yeah. But it's but the only reason I do it is so I can do comedy every night because that's all that. I it's I can't turn it off. I don't know about you, but I wish I could. Mm. Where it's like that that you have a level of like love for comedy, but I I can't. I, even if I wanted to, I I could only think yeah. in the mind of a comedy. I want to quit comedy all the time because it's just a fucking pain in the ass, dude. It's so hard. It's so it's exhausting. rarely worth it. But if there's something about it that you're chasing that's like uh, so. There's a it's, moment. It's, it's an addiction in its own way. Trying to become a fucking comedian. Yeah. I think it's because I smoke crack every time I go to open. So <laughs> yeah, like, well, that'll do it. That'll put you the weird. <laughs> That'd be so funny. If it was only just a crackhead, and I'm like, yeah, I just something about comedy I, I love. Just love comedy. I don't know. Just love know. hitting that pipe of comedy. <laughs> Good old pipe. Yeah. So I mean, well, what brought you to comedy? Did you uh, you, you, I, you liked it? And then... I always liked it. Growing up, I always had to try to be funny to relieve tension in the household because my dad's like bipolar, whatever craziness. You never know which person's yeah, no, showing I up that day. That. Yeah. So that was one of the reasons. I always liked being funny. It uh-huh. was always like, you know, class clown a little bit. Like, oh, yeah. I was always kind of shy. And the only way I ever shined was through being funny. Same, yeah. You know I what I mean? Like, very, yes. Kid. Yeah, same, In my yeah. head, neurotic, fucking whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Oh, this person thinks this about, you know, doing fucking story time upstairs. That doesn't yeah. even oh, make yeah. sense. Oh, yeah. No, I know exactly what you mean. And, yeah. but whenever, you know, I was making people laugh, I was like, oh, this is my thing. Like, this is what yeah. I want to do. And you just realize eventually, like, I was working at fucking LPL Financial. Like, I have a finance degree, whatever. Yeah. I can be doing that stuff if I wanted, probably. Uh-huh. But I, I, I ended up getting laid off there and didn't realize uh, how much I fucking hated that job. Yeah. Until I re- like until they, like, pulled the rug out from under me. I'm like, hey, by the way, you're getting laid off. Like, you worked here for three years. You've done this, that, the other. And I was like, oh, I can lose this, that fucking yeah. easily? They don't. Yeah. What am I doing? Like, I not only do I want to do something that I actually love or enjoy doing to a certain extent or like am passionate about because sometimes mm. I don't love comedy like when you're oh, getting when yeah, it's no, brutal I understand yeah it's yeah, you know no, I get it's it. a very love-hate relationship but it's like I was so you know I lost that job I was like fuck man I'm never gonna be a businessman like I'm not gonna own my own business I'm not gonna be self-sustaining in that way I'm always gonna be probably a worker bee if I was in an office setting you know and I want to be somebody who's more self-sustaining I want to yeah. be able to do my own fucking thing I hate being told what to do. Yeah. I don't like, you know, whatever. And I just hate sitting there in front of a desk in a cube farm of fucking 100 people. It's, Where it's just meaningless, boring office oh, chatter. Dude, and the way that people talk, and I have to feel like when I'm there, I can't be me. And I and I yeah. hate that. Like, I'm, oh, it's yeah. like my own little personal prison. And I built it for myself and didn't realize it until yeah. I got fired. But that's the thing, too. Like, that's very <laughs> interesting you have that story. Because I had the same thing with an injury. 
But that was like, I mean, I remember that moment when I was like, yeah, I know I really want to do comedy, but it took that injury to be like, yeah, they don't care. Like it, the system, like you can put years into a thing you don't love, and yep. then that thing can just turn you away. Because like, yeah, you got fired three years, dude. Imagine if you had kids, and that happens to people all the time. You, I know tons of people that are laid off with children. They don't fucking dude, care. You, you, well, no, so we had these like uh, leaving meetings where like they're like you're getting kicked out, but we're gonna help you with some job stuff and a resume building shop and da 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 like you know like a little breadcrumb on the way out like yeah. they kick you in the dick and they're like here by the way here's yeah. a here's a lollipop yeah you know like <laughs> and uh they there was people they, they, they it's so weird that they even did this but the guy who was running the show from outside whatever was mm-hmm. like so we're gonna go around the room introduce ourselves you know say a little fun fact and maybe how long you've been working for the company and why I, oh yes, god why, why so, would you do that that's so awkward and I was there I was like three years whatever fuck this place don't care don't care and there was people 20 years yeah 25 years they don't care yeah. and I was like that fucking shocked me I was like if I was there for 25 years put my picture up on the wall yeah cause I'm coming back probably but, like I will learn how to fly a plane and it's coming to your building like I would have been so mad if I gave 25 years of my life to a company and they just fucking laid me off like that Dude, bro. that happens all the time oh well, that was um i think i think uh jim carrey talked about that uh that was a really interesting thing too where he was saying that about his dad about how he worked like for years at a company and was and never just, happy and felt and they just fired him yep and he was like yeah so i because i remember thinking about that too because there's there's so many people that are like deeply unsatisfied i think that's like it sounds like we're both trying to go for that same thing where you see so many people that are just deeply unsatisfied in their lives and they don't mm. have the courage to go for what they want to do. Even yep. if you're not successful, there's still something to be said for like, yeah, I really don't have any what ifs. I don't have that. I used to have that every day where I'd be like, what, what if, if I did dude, stand up? That's, I and never even fucking like, yeah. thought about that. You're so right. I, th- there's, there's no, because I have a lot of anxiety probably from seeing like a lot of people die but i mean is that uh, from when you were doing the other like the emt job or something or is yeah it just like, i mean yeah I, just, I think it probably just makes you very negative i can only I'm imagine saying yeah. that like in general though i don't ever go to sleep like i remember i would go to sleep every night being like man what if i just did comedy what mm-hmm. if i you know what i mean like and even if it because i don't think i'm funny i don't think anything about myself but i think that um I, I never will regret doing what I did, man. I never will. Just because I've had so many amazing moments and I and I always know that it, it was the thing that I truly wanted to and do. And that's how I felt. You said right there, like, I won't regret this. Like, I always felt like, what if I never do comedy? Yeah. I will be so fucking... I'll resent my own self forever, dude. Like, Have you seen those people, though, that, like, that you can see that they want to be the funny guy? And yes. then they become, like... They're just these sad people. Yep. There's this guy in my office, mm. and uh, we we're doing this big training, like these corporate training meetings. The know? worst. And then he's like, uh, he's like, he's doing this stupid story, and he's like, so uh, I got chased by corgis. Isn't that crazy? They're small, but they got teeth. And he's like, ha ha. And everybody's kind of looking at him. And then this lady walks in, and he looks over at her, and I hear this. I'm close. He goes, uh, Melissa, did you see my Facebook post about the corgis? And just like, dude, that's so sad. That's just so sad. Like, did you see? Like, like he just this post. is this is his life is like. He has to, he's stuck to this desk. He can't leave. Again, Dude, they can always fire you. That was the worst part about the office job is like when somebody came over to your desk and is talking to you, yeah. they're just like holding you hostage basically you like with leave. whatever conversation they want to have. You swam onto my island. Yeah, dude. Here we are. We're stuck. We're, we're stranded together, dude. Marooned. On this shitty island where you're telling these terrible stories about your weekend. And it never ends. And it's just like, I don't want this life at all. No. Because you know, in your your head, like, 
you, it's it's like it's like a mental prison being in an office or being in a job that you hate and there's something out there you want to do mm. and you just have to mm. be like every day you have to hear people talk about yeah man I get uh, I get a day off tomorrow hey we don't have to get up at six you know and it's I like, get it yeah it's like fucking dude just TGIF yeah that's all they do my friend told me that too because he was like you notice that all these people that have these jobs like every job is like all they do is get drunk all the time because they're just like yep happy hour is big because they because that's the only place where they can be themselves and that's what's so good about comedy yep is is comedy is like you're always expressing who you really are you see these people. And it's like they go to a con. That's another thing why I think some people are hecklers too, is because oh. they have no way of expressing them. They're just trapped in this in this thing where it's like I can never really like you're saying yeah. about an office. You can never be who you want to be. No. You all have to listen to your stupid boss tell these dumb stories, and, and you're like, <laughs> so true. Wow, that's hilarious. Yeah, you that's so it. funny. Hey, you gotta do these reports by this like like office space, and it's just like it's you have to just take it. Basically, you can never just be like, you know, fuck you, dude. Yeah, you can never just you just like this is you don't get stupid. to say no to work. Yeah, you can't, and it's just it's a it's a miserable life, Ugh. and I am, uh, I mean, yeah, I still have my problems, but I am so happy to not be in a job that I don't love. And like you know, firefighting is a great job, dude. Like I like there's a whole bunch of people that I know who do that. A I lot mean, of my it's, friends. One of the things that's beautiful about firefighting too is that it's still such a fucking respected job. People yeah. look at firemen and go, "God damn it, that's that, no, not only is that a man." But that's a guy I respect. That's a hero. Or it's because there's woman. no black fires. You know? If there was, then it'd be a whole different issue. Because <laughs> yeah. cops work. I prob- yeah, they, pro- cops, cops have a way harder job. Cops shooting at fires. Bah, 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 bah. That the fire, fire jumped reaching, at me. That fire was reaching for something. I swear. <laughs> yeah. No. It's uh, the fire jumped at me. Because yeah, because I have a lot of a lot of really close friends that are firefighters, and that's their job, and that's great, and that's like a really fulfilling job. Yeah, I could that only is, imagine. Like there was definitely moments where I was like, oh, maybe this is what I really want to do, and there's definitely moments that were worth. A lot of stuff but it was never comedy man it yeah. was never comedy dude there's something about you get so passionate about it. it didn't hook you like fucking oh yeah there's moments that i can appreciate in like you like we can all appreciate beautiful moments in life yeah they're great in life but sometimes you're like this isn't my moment though nope because yep. i remember everything I, I mean even when i was graduating the fire academy and i went through all that stuff all those years mm-hmm. and then just the brutality of that and just how rough it is. That can't you. be easy. It's so hard. It's so difficult. Because it's because I've heard of multiple people who've like tried to be a firefighter and failed. Like a lot of people, people fail like, out all the time. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's, it's a yeah, tough it's a pretty high fail rate. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 like a six months of that. It's just like it's brutal on your body. It's brutal on your mind. Mm-hmm. It's really tough. And I remember graduating, and somebody even kind of made a joke to me about they're like, "Man, you should do comedy for you know for our party or that'd be fun." And I was like in my head, I was like, "Fuck it, I just don't." Even I just want to do stand up. Yeah. I have no desire. That's it's, funny. It's just like, yeah, there's something about comedy. And, and the like, irony of this podcast, if I become homeless, is going to be <laughs> so deep and I don't want it played. If I become homeless, erase this podcast for the viewers at home. We'll scrub it from the internet. Get just rid so of you it. know. Get it's rid gone. of it. Just as people are like, oh, yeah, that guy's doing great, man. I bet you he has no regrets. It's so funny. Like, you were saying how it's a very tough, like, rigorous process to get through the firefighting thing. And honestly, in a way, it might have been what prepared you to fucking just like, all right, here we are. I'm going to grind in comedy. Comedy's way harder, though. Oh, 100. Well, I don't. It's mentally one of the most difficult things to do because you're not only are you always second guessing yourself. I always think that I'm I have days where I wake up and I'm like, not funny today. Not don't feel funny at all. I don't can't do it. And even though I have a few jokes, maybe that work or whatever it may be. Yeah. I just like, nope, not today. And I don't know if it's I feel like it's more mental sometimes than it is anything else. But to get in that headspace of being funny, yeah, you know, being loose. You have to find that there's like a comfortability about it, and just a fucking. 
if you, I, I just can't sometimes, I need to work on relaxing up there. I just got to be like, I got to just be myself. I just got to be okay with like, and that's what I've been working on lately. It's like, I got to be comfortable on stage. That's been my big thing. Yeah. It's like, don't worry about being funny all the time. Worry about just being like, looking like I'm having a good time, looking like I'm, I know what I'm doing up there. And then yeah. the rest will maybe start to come a little bit. That's, I mean, nothing really matter. Like, like nothing really matters. Comedy doesn't matter. You know, you got to remember mm, that it's like every time you're on, on stage, it. it's like, uh, whatever. If this is what I want to do, there's going to be a million more of these. Like, I, like I love comedy and I love these individual moments, but at the same time, I'm like, I kind of get that a lot of them, it's a lot of it's going to be bad, and you have to accept that a lot of people are not going to like your comedy, even if it's great. That's a great. Do you know point. what I mean? You have you to find your headliners. Audience. I've seen so many headliners, and I've talked to so many headliners that have bombed on shows, or they're already at the top of their game, and they feel like I don't find that funny. You know what I mean? Yeah, I've had yeah. I've had I've heard people say that every great comedy you can think of, they don't find them funny, and it's that's okay. I don't think comedy's for everybody. Yeah. I think people go a lot of people go to comedy shows because it's like a movie or something like that. Oh, and they just, don't. It's my night out. Yeah. So like you watch a lot of shows, they talk sometimes. But it's also like they don't really care what the comics doing because there's comics that I love. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And. I mean, I, I don't want to say this about my own style, but I really try to do jokes that are unique, that people are like, I haven't heard that before. Yeah, yeah. This is something that is... I always try to write things that are creative. So that way it's like unique, but you got to remember at the end of the day that people are not analyzing comedy the way you do. Most people that watch comedy don't don't look at it like... they Because they, I look at comedy, I'm like, okay, this guy's very structurally sound, or this lady, lady comic. <laughs> Sorry, I like throwing some jokes there, guys. You know, but, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm not a sexist. Um... <laughs> Um, but you'll, they'll, uh, an audience member will watch comedy and you're just supposed to be funny. They just want to laugh. It doesn't really matter what the means are. Mm -hmm. So you see, you may see a hack or you may see it's like, I've heard that joke before. This person's not that funny. They just need the call and response. That's what I was saying about the structure of comedy. Um, a lot of it really is like, they're just looking for like the da, 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 da. That's all they want. It doesn't really matter what you're actually saying. It's like, There's is a this the punchline? Yeah, yeah. yeah, because you see that's, I mean, that's why hacks are successful. Yeah. Because it's very easy to even copy something, even if somebody knows it. Because there's people that I've heard say jokes that it's like, most of the crowd has to know this is not theirs. Yes. But they just want the da-da-da-da-da, duh, and you give that to them, and that's how they laugh. Yeah, and they're, since they're not an actual fan of comedy, or they're just kind of on a night out, or it's not yeah. important to them in a, 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 you know, a big way, that they just feel like, oh, huh, it's funny. I they don't care that it's this or that or whatever. Yeah, you're and they just won't like remember. a movie. Yeah, you're just like a movie. Them and all your job. Your job is just to be on stage yeah. and to make them laugh. That's and that's point. all you have to think about it as. And then it makes it way easier. Yeah, that that is a good point. Because the people that are watching your comedy, even if you're not doing well, people that find you funny, they're gonna find you funny already, or they're not gonna find you funny. Yeah. Already. So that's that's already happened. So that way you should just you should just be who you are on stage just think of it like that because that's that, a great fucking point that's the way i look I at it it's like that, yeah i look at it like yeah they are not going to remember me there's a very few people that come up to me people come up to me after shows a lot i don't know if this ha- has this happened to you or mm-hmm. people come to you and talk to you yep. after shows I've about your handshakes jokes. high fives yeah you know it's like those are I've the a lot of slaps in the face but okay <laughs> not really a brag hour but oh, yeah sorry, right. sorry. <laughs> no but like um they'll come up to me and uh a very small percentage, I think, see that a lot of what I'm doing is parody or, like, not my real personality. Yeah, yeah. But a lot of them will come up to me like, that was really funny. I like how you said this. And it's like, that's what was not the point of the joke at all. Gotcha. And they'll get... Yeah, that's just because it's like, you know, they don't... They're they not don't, fans um, of comedy. Yeah. They mm-hmm. don't They don't get that, like, 
I'm not a smart person at all, but I don't, I mean, my view on stand-up, the way that I try to do it is, again, be very creative and, and not really express who, I'm expressing who I am, but not directly, I should say. Gotcha. Do you know what I mean? And so they, a lot of times they think of comedy as like, you're just up there talking about your life in a funny way. Yeah, which, yeah. Which is kind of more maybe my style in a way. I don't always yeah, do that. Yeah, there's a lot of comics like, that are like yeah. that. Yeah, but then there's other ones that are like um, kind of what I gravitate towards is more just like make em ups. Like that's you know? what Daniel Tosh does Yeah, in a lot of ways. But it's like it's, unique to his pers- his yeah. view of life and his perspective, and he's fucking so funny. Dude. Yeah, like, exactly. Well, like Attell's like my favorite comic Yeah, Attell's a genius. Like he writes some of the best, cleanest short jokes that are just like yeah. fucking bangers. You're like, how oh, does dude. some a man think of that? Fucking you, joke. He, oh man, his special is amazing. The best special fucking, ever, dude. I didn't know what to expect because it had like, I don't remember where I first watched it. I think it's all on Netflix, but I remember seeing it and it had like two stars. I was like, oh, how does this? And it's I, the best special and I, ever. And I was literally crying, laughing, because oh, yeah. he was just like so in the moment, so fucking good, just like whatever it may be. He's just in it, constantly in it, and so fucking funny. Dude, I tell so many people my favorite joke and it's not even really a joke of his but just this aside that he does is when he comes out for the first lady and he's talking to her and just the way just his ability to sense what's happening in the room mm-hmm. and to get everybody's feelings and she he's like ma'am what do you do and she goes well i was a hairdresser and he's like oh here we go <laughs> and that's all you need and then just everybody immediately starts laughing because they they there's that feeling that he captured and he's just like that's all he has to say oh here and there's so many great atel jokes dude my favorite atel joke um he does this one this is like oh this is a, this is an older one but he's always he did this joke where he goes like i'm gonna butcher it so but it the joke is the gist of it yeah he goes, uh, I drink to drown out the voices in my head, but it's not that you think they have a stutter, so it's really annoying. And he's like, Dave, kill yourself. And he's like, write it down. It's just such a good joke. I love that. I always love, when I was like, I love watching Atel because it is just this made up world of funny situations. Because that's entirely what I try to do, where it's like, I do crowd work, and then I'll just try to, everything I, I don't, I mean, a lot of things I say, I think it's clear that it's never happened to me. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, you'd be surprised which jokes of mine people think are real. Like, That's interesting. I was going to ask you, what I, one thing I kind of like, since we're on this topic of comedy, right, So, and we're deep in it, like, what is your, like, creative process? Do you do a lot of writing? Because I... Yeah, I write all the time. See, that's what I... I do that, too. And I don't want to say, like, I feel weird about it or whatever, but, like, I did get away from it from a, a little bit because... And it's probably just because these other comics, maybe you're a little lazier or whatever it may be. But, like, people are like, oh, I'll just go up on stage. I can just no. do. I just and I hear you know I hear people like maybe Mark Maron say that or somebody else. And I'm like maybe I should just try to go up on stage and I've done that a few times and it doesn't work for me. It's not who I am. Like I have to be like I got fucking stupid notebooks and stuff now. No, I'm always writing. So I'm I just mean, curious. Like if there's probably a lot of bad ideas in there. Sure. Yeah. I mean, taking it's over the government. Full of yeah. Bad ideas. I want to see if you get. I want to say taking over the government. See if you get. You get some more hits on your podcast. <laughs> taking over the. See uh, if the NSA listens <laughs> in. Well, no, but I mean, yeah, I think that's. There's, you should, when you're going up on stage, you should always have a point, I think, mm. because uh, I definitely go up, like once, I, I would say, um, I try like maybe once a week, I'll go up with no material and I'll just riff. 
and I'll I've just, seen you do that a few I times, and I thought you've done all right at Winston's. Actually. I just do like I'll just once in a while I'll I'll just try to like just riff and just see what I can get out of it yeah. to keep my energy up. I'll do it like at a late mic somewhere where there's no people. Winston's, you did it when there was like not very many people I'll there. I'll just riff. Yeah, yeah I saw I'll just you do riff, 100%. and I was like, man, he's done a good job, and like I don't recognize any of this stuff. No, or just, how to... no, they're not jokes because I'm just working on my in between skills, mm. but I'm still doing that for a reason. And that's a valuable. One thing I did want to get into, since, I mean, we're about 40 minutes, and I know you got to go eventually. Oh, well, we're, but, uh, I, and it, no, 40 minutes? Yeah, we're already crushing it. Oh, this wow, has been wow. a fun one for me. Know. And yeah. I don't, well, I'm not wrapping it up yet, but I did, I don't know what time you have to leave exactly, but I did want to get into a little bit about Rift City. Oh, sure. I wanted to get into that, and I wanted to talk to you about, like, not only the, because, like, what I find so interesting about Rift City is that you have to be promoter, you have to find the people. You have to produce the show. You have to perform on the show. You host the show. Like, you're literally wearing fucking five different hats on one night. Or, you know what I mean? It's over. Yeah, well, it's, month, it's me It's me and um, my best friend, Daniel, that do you it. You both do it. You guys work on it together. Yeah, I mean, it's just a lot of it's a lot of work. I don't really know any other way to say it. We can only do it once a month because it's quite a big ordeal. Like, we, we get we get really good headliners. We've had Eric Griffin. We've had Brody Stevens. We've had John Byron Dorn, Bowers. We've had Byron Bowers. Yeah, we've had uh, Chris Fairbanks, one of my favorite comics ever, Chris Fairbanks. That's amazing. We've had, I mean, we've had so many people. Jesus Trejo. How, we've had, so, like, how did you, a little bit, like, how did it come about? How'd you been like, you know what? I'm doing comedy now. I've been doing it for a little while. You know what? I want to fucking produce a show. I want to make my own stage time. I want to do this once yeah. a month, whatever it may be, and like make this happen. Well, we um, we kind of saw things we didn't like about comedy shows, and yeah. so we tried to replicate. I would consider us now like like almost club level with who we book. Like we we one hundred percent we book. I can't say who this month's headliner is, but if you're in town, you should definitely go. But I can't say who they are. Which is what day? It's September 26th. September 26th? At the, at the Whistle Stop Bar. Whistle Stop Bar. Rift City Comedy. But yeah. Check it out. So this headliner is going to be another one where it's like 100% head, like A-level club headliner. Yeah, yeah. But... Like could be at ACC that night. Yeah. Easily. They could be They could be anywhere in town. They could be at the store. They could be, um, I mean, at other clubs. Or yeah, the store. They could be yeah. literally at the comedy store in LA, wherever it may they, be. Exactly. Yeah, yes. exactly. But so we just, we kind of just tried to see what we like about shows and what we don't like about shows. Mm -hmm. And um, so we kind of just started writing things down and it slowly kind of became a, like a game plan. Everything that we do is like really, really highly rehearsed yeah, yeah. and gone over. So like, I'm, I mean, I'm constantly, when I'm on my phone, I'm almost always texting Daniel and he's texting me about something to do with, with And you're the bouncing show. ideas off each other and like, oh, what much. if we did this? And like kind of yeah. riffing on like, oh, he said this. And you're like, oh, what if it was like this? That type yeah, of so, okay. so he and I do, um, when we host... We write opening sketches, which is different. I love that. So we do like a ten minute where we do like a back and forth sketch every single time. It's like time. a dual like, like you guys are both up there. We on do, stage yeah, at the we same do time. like we do like a bit basically okay. the whole time we're up there. So we're writing that. Now we're getting into making more video. We've been doing promotional videos, but we're trying to do more of that. And then also there's just so many things that make a great show. Uh, so we started writing everything down that we liked about a good show, everything okay. we didn't like about bad shows, and we would slowly just start getting that together. And then we would contact a headliner. At first they would always say no. Yeah. They would always be like like Jay Larson from the Crafties, one of my favorite yep. comics. Jay Larson's he was hilarious. Like, he kept he kept saying he was like he told us he was like, You guys are just so persistent. I had to just check it out because you guys were like insisting, No, it's a good show, it's not like anything else. And then he came down and he was like, Oh, this is like the best show I've done, this best independent show I've That's ever done. And he was like so the cool about it. Compliment. Yeah, and he gave us he gave us a lot of really nice shout outs on the Crab Feast. And love now Sickler, Sickler's doing it in October. That's fucking bad. Which is like, yeah, oh I love I, I love those guys. They're yeah. great. 
Yeah, that's really cool. But it's just purely from persistence and then details. So it's just we don't have any fun. We, do, I mean, I don't. Yeah. I, I know I smoke weed to sleep or whatever. I eat edibles yeah, to sleep. Yeah. But other than that, I don't do anything but do comedy. And, and well, it's, you're doing the right thing by writing your jokes down, man. I tell you, like, okay. like anybody who says just go up there and wing it. I mean, you can go up there once in a while and riff for sure, but because that's a skill in its own. It's like you're working that muscle skill. out today. But always have purpose because I mean, there's you see this. I mean, you've seen just from from how long have you been doing comedy? Uh, a little over a year, like a year and maybe. Yeah. Months. So you see, you see all these people that have kind of stayed at the same place or not really doing anything in comedy. Yeah. And it's because a lot of them don't really like the level of effort you have to put into. They're not really working at yeah, it. Yeah. You have to be so super analytical and just treat it like a job. That's mm-hmm. the way. I, that's the way I take comedy. That's the way I've always treated Daniel. And I treat Rip, Rip City like a job. I mean, this year it's actually the last year and a half. I'd say we've made like enough money to where we actually have to like you know report it and stuff like that and yeah, do all yeah. that, which is cool. We're actually making money it's a good from thing. it now. Yes. Yeah, like passive income from it. But we've always treated it like a job. And mm-hmm. that's why I think the show got good. That makes Not sense. Not that it's to good, me. but I'm no, saying No, it is like, a good show. It's gotten and fun. I've, yeah. I've seriously whenever, you know, and this is when you're not around, I've only heard so many people compliment the show. They always are like, It's always a good show. It's a fun environment. The the venue's great. The way they set venue's, it up is amazing. The whistle stops awesome. And that's it's what so and that's what's so hard to find. You get a good venue, you get a good headliner. And then you work hard all month long for that one day. And it takes yeah. a lot of fucking work, and it's not easy, but yeah. it pays off. And then, you know, back at it again next month. The fan, I mean, the fans who actually are, like, into the show now, because we do have some small group of people. But Riff heads? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, there's people that come to every show. Yeah, I love that. And, and they're always, like, and we, we really make sure to promote heavily, but then we, but we know what our audience is. Mm-hmm. And then every time we're trying to engage with people, we're like, hey, okay, how'd you hear about the show? How many times have you been here? Yeah. If you're a repeat, oh, oh, so you came from the visit. We That's always beautiful. do that. We always write it down, and we always try to just see where our metrics Shake are. Shake hands after meet people, let always, people know. Always, constantly. Always start promoting the next one. Get mm, them to follow beautiful. us, see what we're doing. I love that. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, we just treat it like a job. I think that's, that's a, amazing. The, yeah, anything like, I mean, you always want to just do the thing up that you see like the best of your group doing. Yes. And so that's, that's why what we tried a, to emulate. That's in one way I was like, I wanted to ask you about this because like, I don't know if I'll ever produce my own show or anything like that. But I like the idea of trying to do something like that. We have a like podcast. That. That's a great start. I yeah. Mean, that's really cool. I mean, and I only started the podcast because I was like, I need to do more. I yeah. need to be able to, like, when I'm not getting up on stage, because it's like sometimes it's hard for me to get on stage, or I am being a bitch about it, or whatever it may be in my head, like I'm not going tonight, I, I talk myself out of it, whatever it may be. I felt like I needed to do more, and that was through the podcast. Like, I want to talk, I want to be more comfortable talking, be able yeah. to art- articulate myself clearly, blah, 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 all that stuff that helps feed the stage presence. Because, like, pod- having a great podcast would be amazing. Yeah. But my goal is still, like, the passion is still stand-up comedy. Like, but I love it all podcasts. connects. It yeah, does. Yeah, it all connects, man. And that's why it's, like, I do, th- the, one, the other reasoning behind it would be, like, I have to find my audience. I have to find people who want to hear what I have to say, who enjoy hearing what I have to say. And then if I find the audience... It'll make doing comedy easier, yeah. right? I was I could see you going live at Burning Man or something like that. Time. <laughs> like I just the way that I the whole vibe I think. I feel that. No, I, I again, dude. Anything like this, like as long as you are professional about it, it's gonna it's gonna go somewhere. Maybe not the way that you think, because I mean, and it might lead to something else. That's yeah, fine. Exactly. I never know what I don't know what comedy is gonna lead to. I don't know what the podcast is gonna lead to. 
Common is going to lead to a lot of uh, defaulting on, yeah, a lot of It's going to lead to losing your car, (laughs) bad credit, uh, barely getting by. No, Uh, they already know that, though. You guys know that, right? You guys get that. But, yeah, it's like, it's just one of those things where it's like, I want to do this. It's what it it feels right in my gut. I'm finally trusting myself that I know what I want to do instead of being like, it was always like, oh, you have to go to school. You have to do this. You have to do that because, like. They're telling me like don't end up like my parents would like kind of in a way would be like don't end up like me or my dad would be like don't don't yeah. be somebody who's working on a fucking oil rig at fifty five right like that's not a good life yeah he's had a rough life in many my dad ways did construction his whole exactly life. so brutal, you know exactly it's life, yeah. back pain joints are all fucked up like yeah. you know it's oh, yeah. it's rough and he's like get a desk job even if it kills you like he he didn't say that but it's like he was like get a desk job you'll be happier yeah. and. He was wrong in many ways, but he was also right. That's like, the way our generation has been taught, though, man. Yeah. Just like they kind of live somebody they, else's yeah. dream. I mean, that's kind of what parents do. And, like, yeah. you know, not, not knocking them. I love my parents, obviously, but it's like, in a way, it's like, hey, you know, do, do this because I didn't do this or whatever it may be. Yeah. And now they're completely supportive. Like, do the comedy thing. They get it, mm-hmm. or they kind of don't get it in some ways, but they also are they very really supportive. Yeah. <laughs> you know, get it. Yeah. like my dad doesn't even know what a podcast is. I'm like, Internet radio show. Just think internet radio show, Dad. Think like, radio, <laughs> but no sponsors. Nobody knows that I make exist. no money. <laughs> I have my little tiny sliver of people that listen on the internet, and it's very obscure. But <laughs> He just starts crying. He's like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, fuck. That's funny. Well, no. I mean, yeah, I, again, like going back to what I said before and what we were kind of both saying before is like, yeah, it's 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 so brutal just being stuck doing something. You It's like being in a relationship that you don't. You know. That you feel like you can't get out of. I mean, I don't know that experience personally, but I know a lot of women that have dated me that feel that way. Where it's just, <laughs> like, just such a drag yeah, every yeah. day. It's like, I gotta get out. Oh, this guy again? <laughs> Fucking hey, Jesus, this is the same bullshit with this guy. You just have like a girl sometimes look at you in a way that's like, oh gosh, she must just not like me. It's like, that didn't seem like it was coming from a loving I've place. I've seen that face in so many crowds. <laughs> just like a, like a weird frown, like, okay. Just like that scowl, <laughs> like a frown scowl, just like, like staring death eyes at you, basically. Sometimes people give you like a passive look where you can see the hatred behind their eyes, and it's like, <laughs> oh boy, this is not. This is not going well. There's a lot of people in offices that are like that, where they're just so miserable. Or you see a lot of dead anything. fish eyes too. That's a popular one there, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, like, and they, yeah, they're just because it's like they're just robots, man. Yeah, it sucks, and I, I, I don't know. I, it's not like like I have tons of friends who work office jobs and. You know, most of them were pretty happy, and that's fine with them. It's like, it's just not for fucking me. It's no, just it's not so for not for yeah. me. You know, some people can do it, and some people can live that life. I like, I rather struggle financially. I rather do this, that, and the other to try to fucking do this yeah. whatever crazy thing that I have in my head is. You know, this stupid vision of delusions, whatever it may be. Yeah, I mean, it's, there's there's moments in comedy that are just worth it, man. And then, I mean, yeah. probably down the road when I'm homeless, I'll probably look back and be like, I'm just taking it. <laughs> You know Scott, what? I probably should have just to be honest with should have just ate shit from nine yeah. to five every day, and I would have been easier than out here struggling eating scraps out of a dumpster. True. Yeah. I mean, but that that's years from now. Yeah, now I know. feel give me ten years at least. Now know? I like, feel okay. <laughs> now I feel like you know, if I die, I mean, I'll be a little bit upset. Yeah. Well, you know, you'll be dead, ghost. but yeah, I feel you. I mean, my ghost. I believe your in ghost. Sort of yeah. Thing. Fair enough. Yeah. That's always been my. You're, you're definitely going to be a lingerer if you're if you die a little yeah. early. You'll be haunting open mics, fucking going around. That's my deepest fear, dude. I've talked about it on stage before, but I really worry about that if I die and then I come back as a ghost and I'm just in an open mic. 
Oh, dude, that's like, go up. that's purgatory. I'm just that's like, like waiting. That is your hell. Yeah, that's that my hell. That just is like, your hell. Can I go up? Oh, you can't see. You're me. next, and then like somebody keeps going up before you. No, 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 you're next. You're next. They keep telling you. No, 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 you got next, bro. That's my. That's my. Oh, we got a pop in. Sorry, that this guy coming. Oh, it's like, can I just have some time to bomb here as a ghost? Hey, somebody hear my voice, goddammit. it! I just want some people me. to look that at scares me. Scares me so much, Ugh, dude. Yeah. That's like my deepest fear. That would be. That would be awful. Just being stuck. Yeah, just stuck not being able to perform comedy. 100%. 100%. Just stuck. Well, shit. I feel like that's a pretty good spot to end it. We yeah. killed it here. That was that, great. That was a really fun conversation. Dude, I had a, a lot of fun, man. That was a good yeah. one. We'll have I hope to... it was... I'm sorry it wasn't funny. I feel like it was No, it was funny. funny. It was good, dude. You had me laughing. The peeps loved it. I already know they loved it. Yeah, but, you uh, see the, the microphone going, ha, 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 Yeah, ha, dude. Ha, ha. They, they already <laughs> are feeling it. I can feel the giggles from here. But yeah, I appreciate you stopping by, man. Yeah, of course. You dude, wanna... Thank you for having me. Yeah. Uh, one more time. Riff City. Oh, yeah. Uh, Hit it up. Give them all the deets. Yeah, follow, uh, follow us where and all that stuff. Follow Riff City Comedy and follow me, Miles, and then that's M-Y-L-E-S. Last name is M-A-G-A-L-L-A-N-E-S. Uh, please come to our show. It'll be a lot of fun. Uh, we'd love to have you. Yeah. Beautiful stuff. Thank, Thank you, you, Miles. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. That was, that was a really fun podcast, man. Honestly. Rack, 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 city, bitch. What's that on that beat? Rack, city, bitch. Rack, rack, city, bitch. 10, 10, 10, 20s on your titties, bitch. 100 D, VIP, no guest list. TT, frog, you don't know who you fucking with. Got my other bitch, fucking with my other bitch. Fucking all night, nigga, we ain't sell a bitch. Nigga, say I'm too dope, I ain't selling it. Buy fresher than a motherfucking peppermint. Go, go, let him in, last clean, killing shit. Yeah, yeah. Young money, young money, yeah, we getting rich. Put your grandma on my dick. <laughs> Girl, you know what it is. Rack city, bitch. Rack, rack city, bitch. Rack city, bitch. Rack, rack city, bitch. Rack city, bitch. Rack, rack city, bitch. 10, 10, 10, 20s in the 50s, bitch. Rack city, bitch. Rack, rack city, bitch. Rack city, bitch. Rack, rack city, bitch. Rack city, bitch. Rack, rack city, bitch. 10, 10, 10, 20s in the 50s, bitch. I'm a motherfucking star. Look at the Paint on the car, too much rim, make the ride too hard. Tell that bitch, hop out, walk the boulevard. I need my money pronto. Get it in the morning like Alonzo. Rondo, green got cheese like a nacho. If you ain't got no ass, bitch, wear a poncho. Head honcho, got my seat back. Stay staring at me, don't get back. Got my shirt off, the club two pack. It's two turn going up like gas. God damn, pull out my rags. Mike, Mike Jackson, nigga, yeah, I'm back. Rat tat 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 it up in my bag. All the hoes love me, you know what it is. Riff city bitch, riff riff city bitch, riff city bitch, riff riff city bitch. Dropping five dollars, I believe it's only five dollars for the show or something crazy like that. You don't even have to drop ten, fifteens, or twenties on them titties in this bitch. You know what I'm saying? Go see that riff city show. That's what I'm saying. People in San Diego and anywhere close by, come watch it. It's gonna be a fucking amazing show. Also, there that's it, folks. We did it. The 46th episode of the Millennial Man-Child Podcast is in the books. Beautiful. I love it. I wanted to give another quick shout-out to Miles Maglianis for stopping by, chopping it up with the kid. I had a great time. That was a fun one. I hope you enjoyed it. Let me know if you enjoyed it. I want to start doing some more shout-outs, getting people involved, getting some comments going, you know, make a little community around this podcast so we can support each other and build each other up. It sounds maybe kind of lame or fucking whatever, but it's real. I really do like that. I think that would be fun. Um, so what I'm going to start doing, if you comment on the Instagram photo or you reach out in the DMs or you retweet or you do this or you do that, you do the little things, 
I'm gonna start giving you a shout out at the end because why not? Why not? I might as well do something fun like that, and it maybe you'll feel like you get a little bit of something in return instead of just commenting and being like maybe Miles won't even talk to me because he's too busy, he's too cool. Which I am both of those things, but you know I'll probably talk to you. I'll probably talk to you. But yeah. Uh, also, I did want to just give a, sh a couple like another interesting one recently. Uh, a friend, Mitch Cotis, reached out and told me he has his own printing company his apparel company can make stickers shirts and all that fun stuff like that was cool that he reached out and told me that because i do want to start doing some branding as well um i want to shout out some of the ogs people who have just listened to my bullshit listen to me talk figure out ideas who have supported me since day one of the podcast uh those people are like ej hiss jared denning omar ramirez aaron elson uh even though my brother i don't even think he listens to it he's been supportive cameron casey uh who else? Bryce Law making those logos. Alyssa LaPierre making that logo. Um, anybody who has reached out, you know, I'm missing a few people, I'm sure. Oh, my roommate Cole, I don't think he listens either, but putting up with my bullshit and listening to my crazy ideas, shout out to him. Uh, yeah, I, I know I'm probably missing some people, but uh, Ian Shepard, thank you. You're always reaching out, talking to me. A few people like Chantel Moser, she's reached out a few times. Yeah, just people like that. I'm shouting you out. Thank you for listening. I appreciate you. And if you want a shout out at the end of the podcast here, leave a comment. Share the the thing with a friend. You know what I mean? Like retweet it, whatever. Uh, all that stuff. Let me know it happened. Boom. Shout out for you. That's what we're doing from now on. It's not even that hard to get a shout out, you know? So that can be fun. Maybe we'll see. Uh, but yeah, as for that, don't forget to follow me on Instagram at MollsKCO6 and on Twitter at MKCO6. For all the updates and shenanigans. Um, yeah, I think that's really it. I'm going to keep it fairly short here at the end. Uh, I did want to mention that I've already given up on fantasy football for next year's season. Like, this season's so far done that I'm giving up on next year's already. Uh, it doesn't really have anything to do with what was just going on there. But, man, I suck. I'm 0-4 already. It's bad. It's bad. The Stevie Wonder strategy was not a good strategy, apparently. But, um... Yeah, let's just wrap it up there. Uh, today's music, in order, Feels Like Summer by Childish Gambino, uh, Rack City Bitch by, or Rack City I think maybe, by Tyga, and Wake Me Up When September Ends by Green Day. As always, thanks for listening, folks. You're the best. Sayonara, suckas. And until next time, Manchild, out. come and pass the innocent can never last wake me up when September ends like my father's come to pass seven years has gone so fast wake me up when September ends Coming who we are as my memory rests, but never forgets what I lost. Wake me.
me up one September.